Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, June 27th, 2022. And today we're reading from the big book, and we are in Bill's story, page 11, the sixth paragraph, I saw that my friend, ending with his roots grasped a new soil, one paragraph only. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service for the month of June, for the 12 steps, Naomi G.B., the 12 traditions, Dara L., and reading the text are Kathy S. and Jack W., the newcomer greeter is Rebecca A., and the host of the second hour is Mary B. The reference number for Sunday, June 27th, no, today's the 27th, June 26th, 8.30 special edition is 19,107. That's 19107. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Naomi GB to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. I'm a compulsive overeater from Ontario, Canada. My name is Naomi GB. Uh, The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for the opportunity to do service. 
Thank you, Naomi. Okay, I will now ask Dara L. to read the 12 traditions. Oh, great. Thanks for your service. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Philadelphia, and these are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, uh, there's a little bit of background noise. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional. Dara, you got muted. Oh, great. Okay, where did did I cut off? Seven. Okay, seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks so much. Thank you, Dara. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To to share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We're in Bill's story on page 11. I saw that my friend, ending with his roots, grasped a new soil. And I will ask Kathy S. to read that paragraph for us. 
Thanks, Katie. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. I saw that my friend was much more than inwardly reorganized. He was on a different footing. His roots grasped new soil. And um, I love, love, love um, these analogies that go with nature um, and just what an expression here. You know, it, it reminds me of last year we moved into a new house and and we were working on some of the landscaping. We bought this beautiful blue chiffon hibiscus tree thing. And, and it was so pretty. And um, we just dug a hole in the Georgia clay and plopped it in. And, and it, it died. It was so sad. Leaf by leaf and bloom by bloom, it died. And then this year, I, um, I have these raised garden beds. And they're filled with all this rich soil and all I did was plant some seeds in it. I am not a gardener, but I figured, what the heck, I'm going to give it a shot. And I just kind of read the directions, stuck the seeds in, and walked away. And then I got this amazing garden that flourished. So it just brings, us, it brings me to this point that it all depends on the soil. Now, how does this relate to us? Like, I can be all outwardly reorganized, and even inwardly, as it says here, like go to therapy and, and figure out all the roots of my trouble and, and as I work the steps, that's what happens, you know, in the fourth and fifth step and six and seven. And I see I get all reorganized. But the key to, to being on, to staying in recovery is, is about my soil. What is it that I'm putting my trust in? Because we're learning that the, the biggest part of this disease is with my thinking. And, and my, those are my roots. Where where's my thoughts? What are they based on? What am I trusting in? And that soil, it's either going to be a loving God who is everything, who's going to meet every need, or it's going to be myself, what I think I know, um, my need for approval, scarcity, you know, and it's me trying to trying to get, which turns out to be clay, and it's very suffocating. It doesn't work. I drown in my worries when I'm self-reliant or when I'm relying on any other person or thing, depending on anything outside of God, I fail. I fail miserably. So I'm so grateful for this program because it brings every time I'm given like a seed of circumstance, for instance, like um, my daughter having a new baby. And so it's a whole new world that I'm thrust into. Now I can sit there and, and if that seed is, is based on that old clay, of my old thinking that it's up to me, that I'm responsible, I need to, you know, fix, help, whatever, uh, or it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> I'm going to wilt. My daughter's going to wilt. It's just, just life as I know it. It's going to end up back in food in a big hot mess. But this soil of just, you know, this new seed of circumstance and trusting God with everything. And where, you know, it, it's just, it's where I flourish. And, and just um, trusting that God is all loving. He's bringing everything, everything together for the greater good. And it's just, it's an amazing life. It's, it's where flourishing happens. And it's all based on what I put my trust in. And already that's my time. So I'm going to pass. But thank you so much for letting me share on this paragraph. Thank you, um, Kathy. And thank you. We're on page 11 at the very bottom, sixth paragraph, going over to um, page 12, but it's a very short paragraph. So if you have not shared in the last two days, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. 
So who would like to share on this paragraph? Melissa C. Melissa C. Claire E. from the UK. Claire E. Judith S.P. Judith S.P. Cheryl Linda A. B. Cheryl A. Linda D. Someone else. Linda D. Anyone else? We have room for a couple more. Sally D. Let's go. Kelly D. Shelly, S-H. Okay. Shelly D. Margaret. Okay. Uh, Margaret D. Mar- okay. Let's stop there. We have Melissa C., Claire E., Judith S.P., Cheryl A., Linda D., Shelly D., and Margaret D. Okay. Go ahead, please, Melissa. Hi. Thanks, Katie. Thank you so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and you know I love um, the first share was awesome. That was really that was beautiful, and I I love the wording too, like the imagery of this roots grasping new soil, and you know it makes me think about the process that we go through. Like Bill saw something very different in Ebby, and it wasn't just you know he looked for you know fresh eyed and his face alight and. You know, and it's the same thing. It's like when we show up, it's more than just a normal-sized bodies. There's something different. And we know that there's a powerful process that we go through, you know, to have our roots transplanted. And when I think about it, like, there's, you know, what is the process? Well, it's steps, right? And so if I look at this, you know, picture and, and I pull it through the steps, I say, like, okay, so step one. I see that I've got a plant and it's dying and it's in trouble and I can water it all I want. You know, I'm going to water it and water it and water it. And I realize uh, I got nothing left. Um, You know, and then step two is I believe that if replanted, I'm going to be able to grow healthy and, and get restored. And I look over and I see there's all these other gorgeous plants that are growing and, and I'm, and I'm curious, like what soil are they in? Um, you know, and then step three, I begin to really want whatever's in that new soil. I don't even know what's in it, but I know I want it, and I want it to be mine. And um, and I agree that I'm going to get removed from my old soil. And then there's step four. You know, now I look at my old soil, and what is it filled with? Like, why is it that I'm not blooming? Why am I dying? And it's because I've been feeding on selfishness and fear and living in my harms and I say it's like polluted soil, and nothing good's going to grow there, you know. And I could use all the steps. Like I love, you know, really sitting and thinking um, about this metaphor and this process. But what's really landing on me today, what I'm really thinking about is, and I guess it's probably because the women that I'm working with through this program, there's this really frightening process where we get our roots we pull them out of the old soil and by the way like that happens like it's a process but we have to let go of what's in our old crappy soil and the process like shakes off that awful soil and we're vulnerable like there's a period of time when I remembered like my roots were dangling they felt like I 
got nothing. Like, I'm raw, and I'm scared, and I'm shaky, and... Um, but hang on, because we've got beautiful soil here where we all blossom and grow. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, Claire E., you're up, followed by Judith S.P. Claire E., star one. Oh, hi there. Thank you so much, Katie. Um, my name's Claire E., and I'll cover compulsive eater. Um, in the UK. Um, yeah, thank you for everybody that shared. Um, I love this paragraph and uh, this little sentence. Um, I am a very keen gardener and <laughs> I find partly because it, I find my higher power, you know, I have so much analogy with my higher power in my garden. Um, and um, I just love this, you know, roots grafting new soil. You know, I, I've just, just been out in the garden repotting things, you know, because they get tight, they get pot bound, you know, they're not, as, as things grow, they need more space, they need better soil, they need feeding. And it reminds me that this is not a done deal. I don't just get to repot myself in a different pot and that's it. No, I have to do, um, maintain it. I have to continue to feed that soil. I have to put into that soil what I need in order to grow um, and put myself into the flow and put in, in, into the source of my higher power. Um, and I kind of also reminded me when, I was, when we were reading this bit about yeah, what it's like to not be in, in new soil. You know, I've had the experience in a way of, of white-knuckling my way through abstinence, you know, irritable, restless, and discontent. Um, I've had days like that. I still have days like that, honestly, from time to time. Um, and, um, thank God, not most of the time. Um, but, but, you know, I, I know what that's like, because one of my roots are not in new soil, Ben. I'm, I'm white-knuckling my way through. It's painful. It's, 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 um, it's, it's arduous. It's difficult. I feel despondent, and I feel annoyed, and I feel angry, and I feel resentful I have to do this. Um, and you compare them to the days, like, thank God, today, you know, where it's my way of life. Um, it's, it's like second nature to me to do this stuff now. And, you know, I just really get what I need every single day by, by putting myself into the position where I'm, you know, I'm amazing, I'm making outreach calls, or I'm reading spiritual literature, or I'm reading the book, or I'm working with somebody else. And, and those are the things that keep my soil healthy. And it means that, on, you know, when I'm doing that stuff, when I'm maintaining it, when I'm putting my tomato food into a watering can and watering my plants with it, you know, then they get what they need and I get what I need, you know, but I have to do that. I have to take that action. Um, and I'll leave it there. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. Okay, Judith S.P., you're up, followed by Cheryl A. Good morning, Katie. This is Judith S.P. in Maryland. And thank you, everybody, for your shares. Um, This paragraph is wonderful, and I'm just totally amazed every moment of the day when I'm reading with uh, others and myself the big book, three small sentences. And in this simplicity, it says it all for me, because most of my life, I always tried to look look it on the outside, look studious, look attractive, um, in all these different ways, just reorganize Judith. And, uh, you know, it never really worked. I ultimately came back to a place of disorganization, disarray, and at points in my life, not even wanting to live. And uh, thank God today I have programmed, first of all, thank you, God, the fellowship, my steps, 
and everything that is offered to me on a daily basis. For me, it's no coincidence that I took the plunge this year through the help of my higher power and the desire for a number of years to plant a garden. And I was so scared, I was so anxious that I knew I could not do this alone. I knew God would be there with me, but he couldn't physically come and help me plant the garden and get it going. And so through the grace of God and my fellowship and my community, I found a garden coach. And she has come over, and she has been able to help me walk through this experience. And at first I thought, okay, we got good soil. My husband got the soil in. I'm doing the planting. I'll water it, and all will be okay. Well, little did I know how much work there is in a garden. I had no idea. Keeping the bugs away, defects, watering it daily, spiritual practices, harvesting, which is helping others. I'm not going to make that analogy. Judith, no, not that. Anyway, I am here today because last night I wanted to quit. I said, this is too much. I have my recovery work. I have my family. I have my volunteer activities. Why did I take on such a big project? But now, through everybody here being my coaches, my garden coaches and my spiritual fellowship, I'm becoming clearer and clearer that this garden is a reflection of the inside of me. And if I do what I need to do daily, and it's hard work, I will reap the benefits and harvest the wonder of a life that is beyond my wildest dreams. And I am just so grateful. Thank you to the tomatoes, the eggplant, the lettuce, and most important, thank you, God, and thank you all for being here. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Judith. Okay, Cheryl A., you're up, followed by Linda D. Hi, good morning, Katie and everyone. Uh, Thank you for your service, Katie. Uh, My name is Cheryl A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Brooklyn, Massachusetts. This is um, one of the greatest pieces of hope in the entire book for me. Uh, The concept of my roots being able to grasp new soil gives me nothing less than the most unbelievable hope. It also helps me understand that part of the St. Francis prayer that talks about um, dying at the end, it always was such a such a morbid sort of, uh, for anyone who, who knows that prayer uh, aspect of that beautiful, gorgeous um, prayer. But I know today that there is a part of me that absolutely must die. And it it is the self that is driven by this disease in in and in, in leading me down the pathway of a life that um is misery and so i that when when i when I see the aspect of um when I see the aspect of being able to grasp new soil, it's like there's an uprooting and a re, re, rerouting in, in a different way of being. I literally see the soil as 
one bit of chunk of soil is one way of being and I can lift that up and just, you know, be rooted in a whole new way of being, which the 12 steps brings about. Bill loved to use words and he loved to find different words for the same uh, meaning of things. And um, that image um, of the deepest part of me needing to be um, connected deep down into a whole different way of being. I can't be rooted in my past anymore. I can't let my past um, determine my future. The, the, the future can be completely different because I am coming from a very different place. I don't get to do that without letting the 12 steps guide me towards it. I'm so grateful for these steps because it is that replanting process. Um, hope everyone has a great day, and uh, thanks so much for listening. Thank you, Cheryl. Okay, Linda D., you're up, followed by Shelly D. Good morning. It's Linda D. from Connecticut, and I'm so very, very grateful to be with you. This is very hard work. That's true. Uh, I'm recovered, not cured. So I'm here every day to grow, to change. And uh, someone said a few words that really meant a lot about the vulnerability and feeling raw. That comes up quite often. Is it always there? No. But it is there. And uh, the image of uh, the garden is so accurate because my yard is a mess. It's overgrown with more crap than you can ever imagine. And it looks impossible to um, fix. But I have something new through these steps and through being with you and growing. That's God. God is portable. God is within me, within everyone and everything, but within me. And that's what I've learned here. Everywhere I go, I can be in the world that's right in front of me and at the same time be listening to God for guidance of what to do, in my case, in this case, uh, with this overgrown mess. And you know what? A neighbor showed up because I, I learned to ask for help, not just give it, receive it. Let people help me. Don't be what the old family value was, which is don't bother the neighbors. You have to be able to handle it yourself. You're not enough and you'll fail. Those are all the thoughts underneath that are garbage. The neighbor showed up and she's going to show up again and other neighbors will help or I can ask for help. This is a wonderful program. Don't miss it because it's life and death. It's that serious. And it's wonderful on the other side. I just have to make sure I stay on the other side. So I ask for a lot of guidance from God. There's no escaping the word God, no matter what. And I wanted to when I started. And now it's my best word. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Linda D. Okay, Shelly D., you're up, followed by Margaret D. Hello, my name is Shelly D. is in David. I'm from outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 
And thank you so much for your service. Uh, thank you, Kathy, and all the women that are there helping out and the men. Um, I want to just start out by saying that I am not abstinent. I am not recovered. And I need to say it out loud because I need not to be ashamed about it. Um, I don't want to share on this meeting because of shame. And that is keeping me sick. So I'm here to say, no, I'm not yet. And I say yet because I read that short little beautiful paragraph and and I heard somebody say that it gave them hope and that's exactly what it gives me. It's giving me hope. It's giving me hope that there is a chance for me if I just do what you guys are telling me that suggesting to me that I should do. Um, and uh, I can't, I, I was looking at, a, you're talking about soil and plants, and I was looking at a spider plant in my kitchen that I've had for probably 15 years, and it was outgrowing the pot, and I was just too darn lazy to, to repot it. And finally, about two months ago, I repotted it, and it started to die. And I remember looking at it and crying and saying, oh, damn, why did I repot it? Why did I repot it? And then I kept going over to it. I kept talking to it. I kept touching it. I kept putting a little water in it. And within about a week and a half, I came downstairs one morning, and there it was. It's, the leaves were, you know, its stems were coming up instead of down. And that's me. I can't do this alone. My plant wasn't going to get better on its own. It needed a little bit of help from me, and I can't do this on my own. I need you, and I don't want to admit that. My pride keeps me from calling you, and I really need to say that out loud. I have received three calls this week from women that have taken my number and reached out to me from a meeting that I go to occasionally on Monday and Thursday night, and they have reached out to me. And it's been wonderful. And I've taken those calls, and I've shared my truth with them, and I have to keep sharing it until I get it through this thick head. God is working in my life in so many other ways. I mean, I've been a sober woman for many years, but so what? When it comes to the food, it is not the same. And I don't want to make it and, and lump it in with that program. And the other thing is I'm retiring this week after working since I'm like, I guess, 16 years old. Uh, I'm 74, and I am finally retiring on Thursday. And I don't want to retire and sit in the kitchen and eat all day. That's like not really where I want to be. So anyway, I'm just reaching out, and thank you so much, and um, I hope I can keep doing this. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Shelly D. Okay, Margaret D., you're up, and then we'll open it up for more shares. We're on page 11, the very bottom paragraph. Um, and go ahead, please, Margaret. Star one, Margaret. Good morning. This is Margaret D. in Georgia. Um, and first off, I'd like to thank everybody that's in this meeting. It's It's been terrific. Um, I am a recovered compulsive eater. And this paragraph, I, I can certainly identify with it, just uh, a gazillion percent. Um, this inward reorganization does remind me about the roots um, 
being gra- or grasping a new soil. I too am a am a gardener in Georgia, and what I've learned to do is to not you know bring in a, a bag of uh, potting soil or whatever it is. But what I've learned over the years is how to um, keep the soil healthy. And so I do whatever I can to bring in, you know, earthworms and improve the the tilth of the soil and all these other things. And it's a really, really, really long process. It is a, lo- a very long process, um, as we've heard um, about, you know, that other people have said. But a couple of things from working the program. One... I know that if, I, or my hope is, and, I, and I've actually seen it in the big book where it talks about this can be a permanent solution. Um, I know that if I keep improving, doing my part, you know, like um, not running over the soil with my car and compacting it or whatever the things are that I don't want to do and keep doing the things that improve the soil, it is going to become a living thing and that's what the transformation has been with me i've turned from a soul dead heart dead um desperate you talk about a seed falling on barren soil that was me the the depression was just horrific and um What's happened is God has changed the very nature of the soil. He hasn't just changed me, but he's changed my very nature. And so I am on a different footing. You know, when we think about footings, we think about whether, like what a house is built on. It can be built on sand or it can be built on uh, rock or concrete or whatever. So that new footing is also huge i mean i couldn't have done that there's i can't build myself i can't and the fact that my higher power never gave up on me it's just absolutely amazing it is anyways i i know i'm rambling and i apologize for it but i'm just here really to tell the newcomers or to share with the newcomers i'm not going to tell anybody anything and with this, I'm going to wrap it up, that there is such hope and and magnificent changes can occur. Linda, I mean, Margaret, we lost you, but um, time had wrapped up. So thank you so much. And so um, as we have said, we're on page 11, the bottom paragraph. I saw that my friend, ending with his roots, grasped a new soil on page 12. It's just a very short paragraph. So if you haven't shared um, last Thursday or Friday, who would like to share? ENF. Nancy P. Leah S. Kelly S. Okay. Heather E. H. from Texas. Tanisha from North Carolina. Okay, just one second. Um, so there's two names that I, I did not understand your names. I got, um, so there was someone, 
Dan F or someone F, then Nancy P, Kelly S, Heather, and Kenosha. I'm not sure. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just not hearing it, these names. It's fine. It's Tanisha C from North Carolina. Tanisha. Crystal S. Is that Leah S? Yes, it is. Okay. And Crystal, is it Crystal P, as in Paul? Yes. Yes. Okay. So who was the gentleman with the last initial F that I heard first? Ian F. Oh, Ian. Ian F. Yeah. Okay. I-A-N. Okay. Well, you can't see that I spelled it E-A-N. Of course it's I-A-N. Okay. Ian. There we go. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, seven, and we have, yeah, so that's perfect. We have ENF, Nancy P, Kelly S, Heather, Tanisha, Crystal P, and Leah S. Go ahead, please, Ian, followed by Nancy. Star one, Ian. Sorry, I, I didn't realize I was muted. Um, my name is Ian. Yeah, I'm a sorry. Reader. Um, no, no worries. I don't have any wonderful garden metaphors, um, but the idea of, of my roots, uh, it just made me think of how, you know, I, I can't, I have to put all of myself into a new soil. And my roots means the very, <laughs> the very fundamental part of me, um, so I can't just I can't just work the tools. I have to work the steps. I can't put part of my trust in God and part of my trust in myself. I have to put everything into God, and and that means, like people have said, a lot of work. And it means also that I I'm I'm gonna have to give up a lot, a lot of stuff that I want, <laughs> um, and a lot of stuff that I think I need. Um, and putting myself in, in new soil, it's it's unfamiliar and it's scary. Um, and sometimes, sometimes when I feel like when I when I when I pray to God and I get an answer, I think, why the ever living crap <laughs> would you tell me to do that? But part of part of what what we've been talking about, putting myself in a new soil, is just trusting that I'm going to be able to grow there. Um, even if I don't know in what direction or how it's working, I don't understand how gardens work at all. <laughs> and I don't understand really how God works either. But I trust that it's going to happen. And that's, that's what's important, is that I am, no matter how confused I am or how worried I am about how things are going to work, I am with God at all times. That's the soil that I'm planting myself in, and I just have to trust that I'm going to grow. That's all I've got. Thank you. Thank you, Ian. Okay, Nancy P., you're up, followed by Kelly S. Hi, good morning. I just want to make sure I can be heard because I it was saying that I was unmuted before when I wasn't. Yes, here. You can hear you're, me. you're here, loud and okay. clear. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Nancy oh, no. P. Recovered okay. In, Go ahead. <laughs> Nancy P. Recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Uh, so I am both a wicked compulsive overeater and an avid gardener. 
And, um, you know, the um, point of intersection, in my opinion, is that you have to play the long game, or I had to play the long game. I was convinced I was never going to get better because I had tried for decades to get better, and I couldn't get better. Um, I always would pick up, usually the same day as I decided to put the food down, even like the very next minute. Um, that would often happen to me. And what I've learned about gardening especially, I have a beautiful, gorgeous gardener, is that I have to play the long game. I have a fantastic, unbelievable garden that is the envy of the neighborhood. And I started it 14 years ago with one plant. And, um, you know, it was the same as my recovery. You know, I thought, oh, this is, this is going well. So I went and bought another, you know, and so on. And with my recovery, when I finally ended up working the steps with, you know, with someone in whom the problem had been solved, I started to reach for more, you know, I wanted, you know, more meetings and more recovery. And I'd make, you know, I made it always from the very beginning when I picked up the phone after I called into a vision for you, if I wasn't working, sleeping or taking care of my family, I was on the phone. I was on the phone in the car. I was on the phone when I was making dinner. I was on the phone all the time, all the time. And um, then I'd hear about a meeting here, a meeting there. And today I go to 13 meetings a week. But I did not start at 13 meetings a week. You know, I did not start there. I started with just that one Friday morning, the first time that I called in. And I have not had to hurt myself with food since that day. Um, you know, and there, you know, what I've found is that, you know, whatever you want to say about gardening, I'm a, I am a tough love gardener. I put stuff in the ground. If it doesn't grow, I throw it away, except for one time. I put a plant in the ground and... I hoped that it would grow in a particular way and I took care of it and I was so excited every year when it would come up and it never bloomed. And I finally said, I don't care about you. And I yanked it out of the soil. Now these plants don't like to be um, transplanted. I said, I don't care about that either. And I flung it in a place that the soil is sandy and horrible and I flung it in the ground and the next year it came up and was covered with blooms, like covered unbelievably. And what had happened was First, that you can't cut it back every year. It needs to grow on old growth. And second, um, it will grow in that way if you, um, if you just leave it alone. And I could only find that out through actual experience, right? I had to, you know, and that was then and this is now. You know, now I actually will look at how to grow something before I plant it. But you know, the point is, is that everything became obvious when it needed to, just like what it says in the book. You know, if the couple needs to get together, it will become obvious. The answers will come if we work for them. So, you know, I am transformed. My feet are on, in a different place than where they were. And they continue to be in a different place. And I'll wrap up with that. I just keep walking the road of happy destiny via the fuel of surrender. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy. Kelly S., your turn, followed by Heather. Good morning, guys. It's Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thanks, Katie, for your service. Um, I really like all the analogies. Um, I was going to give one myself, of course. So <laughs> I was going to tell you. So I'm here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I was reading this paragraph yesterday, and it was making me think about um, some of the trees we have here. I lived, the last house I lived in, um, so we had this huge ginormous oak tree in our backyard and one of the trees that grows around here a lot in Tulsa, I don't know if you guys have them everywhere, but 
they're Bradford pear trees and they're really pretty. They're ornamental trees. A lot of people have them and they grow really fast and they have really puffy blooms and they're, they're just really pretty, but they're really um, fragile. And I was thinking about, and we, and we get tornadoes here and they are like anybody who has these trees has damage every time there's a storm or wind. And um, anyway, so it's like they, they grow fast. They don't have a good root system. And then we had this oak tree in our backyard that was so huge. And I mean, everybody knows about the mighty oak thing, but the, tr the roots grow so deep and are so big. I mean, it is unbelievable how they would take up our backyard. Um, and I was just thinking about, you know, in my life, I always <laughs> wanted to be the Bradford pear tree because there I am all puffy and pretty and everybody wants to see you. And it's like, oh my God, I love that tree. Every spring it gets all pretty, you know, it's like, but that tree didn't have good footing and it got damaged easily, right? And the oak tree, even though it's a beautiful tree, it just grows so freaking slow, you know, and it never gets knocked down very often from the wind. And I was thinking about this whole idea of, you know, just I want things faster and I want to look good while I'm doing it. And today I'm just so grateful that what I've learned and through you guys and through the work of my sponsor saying my different, I have to have different footing, um, my roots grasp a new soil. And what is that for me? It's my higher power. You know, it's like I had to get deeper with my relationship with God. You know, when I started working with my sponsor, she's like, God's got to be your BFF. You know, I don't just connect in the morning. You know, it's like this gardening thing. I don't just water them and, and then just take off and go and think they're going to be okay. You know, and sometimes that works for a little bit, but after a while it has to get deeper. My relationship with God has to be stronger and deeper so that when things do rock me, when I have those tornadoes in life, which come often, then I'm not blown over. I'm not uprooted. You know, it's like I have this strong foundation to keep, you know, keep me going. And, and how do I get that? I get it through the steps. You know, the tools help me. You guys help me. These meetings, um, this book, all of this helps me get to this relationship with God. That's the whole point so that I can get, you know, this, this new footing that this paragraph is talking about so that I can be you know, rearranged and reorganized because God is going to do the changing. I can do the work, but God's going to do the changing. So my roots got to get deep in order to do that. So I have to get closer to my God. Thank you guys for that. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Kelly. Oops. Um, Heather, you're up, followed by Tanisha. I'm sorry I didn't get your initials, Heather. I know you said them, two of them. Heather, star one. Heather E.H. from Texas, recovered. Okay, thanks. Okay, well, what came to mind for me was something totally um, different than the gardening metaphors that people were talking about, even though I, ha I have a few myself. But um, this is just something that occurred to, with me uh, in the last, few hours um, during my prayer and meditation and right afterwards and what it is is um, I was in the hospital last week with a life-threatening illness and um, just this morning I pulled out the paperwork that I was supposed to take to my doctor tomorrow as a follow-up and I read all of the test results and you know, the mumbo-jumbo that I don't even understand and I uh, got a good inkling of what it was all saying and uh, the treatment and the chances of, of survival and all of this stuff. And I got really scared. 
I got so scared. And um, the thing is, is I didn't stay in that fear because I made some calls. I wrote a 10-step and so got on the program, on the vision line, and um, my higher power is working in my life because in in uh, years gone by, I would have just carried that fear with me for months. And right now, it's been like, what, three hours? The fear is gone. I feel totally at peace, like um, God's going to take care of me. And um, so my my roots are really, they're planted on firmer ground. And so that's just my, my analogy of... Uh, what that paragraph meant to me. And that's all I have. Well, I'll pass. Thank you, Heather. Okay, Tanisha, you're up, followed by Crystal P. Good morning. Um, this is Tanisha C. I'm so thankful to be here. Um, I appreciate everyone in this service that's reading about New Soil. It really hit for me. I am... Um, working the steps um, with the sponsor, and I'm grateful for that. Um, when I think about my garden that I have, this is the second year that we have done this. And the first year, I remember um, going out there, and my tomato plants were growing tall and beautiful, but it wasn't producing any tomatoes, and I was frustrated. And I'm like, there's no use in just wasting the space and me continuing to water them and feed them if I'm going to just get vines and stuff. And so my partner, she's like, just keep going, you know, you know, we don't really know how this works. And so about maybe 40 to 45 days, I went out there and I was like, I'm just fed up. Um, And there were tomatoes on there. And it reminds me of how showing up, and this is just me showing up here every day, it's like the vine is a representation of my hope and it will continue to grow and the fruit represents that one day I will gain everything that this program has to offer. And along the way in the garden, little mushrooms came up. And I was, I had got on the Facebook group and I was like, look, it's mushrooms. And I don't know why it's just, why it's a fungus in my garden. And then I had someone in the process said, no, no, no. What that means is that you have good soil and um, organic soil. So that's a good sign. So, um, those little things that can come in your way and like it ain't worth it or this ain't gonna help like those fungus and just know it can represent more than what uh, meets the eye and what's represented so I'm gonna keep showing up taking one day at a time and I'll take this moment to claim my seat and commit to 24 hours I thank all of y'all and I, I pray for many blessings upon all of you and with that I'll pass thank you Thank you, Tanisha. Okay, we have four minutes left for Crystal P and possibly Leah S. Go ahead, Crystal. Hi, good morning. This is Crystal P, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Toronto, Canada. Um, When I read this, I thought of this past weekend um, because it was my mom's 60th birthday. And I got to see just how much I've been changed by God and program, how I'm I'm in the new, my roots have grasped new soil because of how I was this weekend in the past with my mom, I'd be running around doing only the things that I wanted to do. You know, my sister and I organized a birthday party for her 
and I'd be focusing on the decorations and the games because all I wanted was for her to say, oh, you're such a good daughter, or you're so talented, or you're so good at this or that. That's all I cared about. I didn't actually care if she had a good time or she was happy with anything. But this time was so different. I, I did those things, but I made sure everything that she cared about, my whole goal, my whole intention was that she would have a great birthday and she would be stressed about nothing. And that, that has never been my goal in the past. And so because my intentions were different, my actions were different. And because my actions were different, her response was so different. Um, and the best part was yesterday after the party on Saturday, I've never done this before, but yesterday after the party on Saturday, I went back to my parents' place to help clean up everything so that my mom had no nothing to do after the party either. And she just kept saying, thank you so much. And I can't believe you took so much of trouble. These are words I've been waiting years to hear from my mom. And the best part is it didn't matter. Like I didn't, I didn't listen to those words thinking, finally, I get to hear the thing I wanted to hear. It's because I didn't do any of that stuff to hear those words. I did them just because I wanted her to be happy. And that's what, to me, it sounds like when my my roots are different, my intentions are different, I'm sincere, and I I don't have to act like anything or try like to do anything because I wasn't. I wasn't trying to do anything differently. I was just doing it differently because I wanted to do it differently. And that's what happens when... I don't just work the program, but I live these steps in, in for the last four and a half years of living these steps have led to different routes. And I'm so grateful. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you so much, Crystal. Okay, Leah, you have two minutes. Leah S. Thank you so much, um, Katie. Thank you, everyone. Um, my name is Leah S., recovered and grateful in Brooklyn, New York. Wow, reorganized. Um, you know, I came into these rooms, baggage and all, as the way I was, and I, I right away, uh, in the doctor's opinion, I, I, I understood that it's all about change. It's about something that I'm going to do differently that is going to help me. It wasn't like my usual diet because it was going to be something I'm going to implement every single day. And that kind of change is going to reorganize and restructure my life. Um, although I didn't know it in, the, in those terms, um, I, I am on a different footing now. So what I have done before and what I am doing now has become a habit. A habit means it's second nature to me. This is the way I am living, and I like it. And how about trying it one more day? And how about trying that change another time and again and again until it becomes habit? And thank you, God, that we have these 10, 11, and 12 steps that we can practice everything about this program within our life. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Leah. Okay, so thank you to everyone who shared. And uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, June 27th, 7 a.m. meeting is 19,108. That's 19108. 
We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Jack W. please read a vision for you through the end of the paragraph or chapter? Star one, Jack. Debbie, a compulsive overeater in Florida. Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you.